0: Good evening. Good afternoon. Good morning. Wherever in the world you may be. I am Nicole BZ and you know everything. Okay. Okay. I know. I know. I'm like a fucking broken record at this point. And this might be, I used to say this in management. It's the art of repeating yourself over and over and over again in new and interesting ways. And also allowing the listener to believe that it was their idea in the first place. I'm so okay with that. <laughs> like if y'all walk away from my fucking web3 vortex feeling like this was your idea, I I did my motherfucking job. And this episode is probably the culmination of why I am so fucking excited about all of this. And I feel like I've probably talked about this. So if I'm repeating myself, firstly, you've listened to a lot of what I have to say, so you're my fucking favorite. But secondly, uh Sorry, not sorry. I started in music when I was 18 years old in the late 90s. I'm old. And it was a fucking grind. Napster had just launched. If you were trying to do anything interesting, you were not on a major label immediately. And you were funding everything yourself. You were touring constantly. I mean, that's when you could still play like 300 gigs a motherfucking year. And that was like how you were making your money, right? You were just touring these super small cities, super small clubs. You might be making fi- like you'd make enough for gas money and to feed the band. And then someone might cover like poster and flyer costs, which you were putting up yourself all night the night before and, and going to gigs or like getting fans to hand out flyers at gigs. It was it was intense. And then you'd release this album that you might have spent like thousands of fucking dollars on because you still were going into studios using analog tape and spending like a fuckload of money. So you wouldn't go to a gig of a baby band and they'd have a recording already. Like they might have merch but you had to pay for all of that up front as well. And so with this idea of an NFT first hit and I I heard how you could use a digital asset and all an asset is is something that holds value. Now if you think about a digital asset, something that online holds value, it's probably a representation. And we're going to get into all of this, but what I realized is as like a baby band as an emerging artist, you could sell something that didn't exist yet, like VIP access to a show along with a t-shirt, along with a song. And I thought, holy fucking shit, bands can Essentially, pre sell what they're doing. And that's not new. Like, look, we've been doing pre orders and VIP orders and and things like that for for ages. You know, that's why they had fan clubs back in the day. But for anybody, for some 16 year olds and band club to be able to mint an NFT, which is essentially create a digital asset and then verify it on a blockchain, prove that it is an authentic packet of data that is linked into a blockchain, was just incredible to me. It, it felt like anarchy. It felt like punk motherfucking rock. And I, I it, just, it just blew my mind. And then I started hearing all the crypto bros talking about it like it was a stock to be traded. And I just thought that's a very, very limited way. I mean, it's, it's the most textbook 3D definition of asset. Artists were the very first ones. And I think crypto punks are kind of the most famous. Look, I, I don't consider myself an expert. I'm a fucking fan. Okay, so that. But CryptoPunks were kind of the first iteration, an example of NFTs as a visual art form. There's a handful of nerds in Canada who around the time of the financial crisis were exploring this idea of art and computers. And when you think about art as being this co-creative process, like with the universe, in the sense that it's a little unpredictable, you know, you sit down with your tools, whatever they may be, you don't really know what's going to come out. For me, it's usually a computer and and letters, <laughs> maybe some numbers. For you, it might be an instrument and some headphones. For someone else, it could be a walk in nature. But we open ourselves up to opportunity without necessarily specifically spelling out what we think the end result is going to be. And so that's what this sort of experiment with CryptoPunks was. It was what happens if we put in a couple of if this, then that orders into a computer with the idea that we're going to generate 10,000 different pieces of art. They're all going to be similar, but they're all going to be different. And some of the variations are going to be more rare than others. And when this first happened, obviously, like, no one gave a shit. It was a fun, it was a, it was a fucking art experiment. It was art, truly. Like, who knows what's going to happen with this. And no one knew about it, right? That had no reputation. It had no perceived value. It was just a fun thing. And when it first happened, they were giving it away. It took, you know, a few trials and tribulations, as per usual. And they literally were giving their friends and family their CryptoPunks. There are 10,000 CryptoPunks. It's by a company called Larva Labs. I would actually like really encourage you to check it out. It might give you some perspective. So fast forward to current date. The cheapest CryptoPunk is 66 Ether, which a couple months ago, hold on, I'm going to do some fucking quick maths, was $231,000. Currently, it's closer to $72,000. But the... Total value of all sales of CryptoPunks is almost $2 billion, $2 billion for some 8-bit fucking punks. And I know there's like a couple of projects that kind of volley for like we were the first ones to do this, but CryptoPunks are probably the most well-known. And they get to stake their claim as like when people really started to pay attention to NFTs. And just to be clear, so NFT, non-fungible token, what makes an NFT, I mean, there's a lot of things that make an NFT different than a cryptocurrency, but with it, they're both tokens of value, which just means they represent a value. Both are variable. That value is determined by the perceived monetary worth of the token. So it's just like, I mean, think about like selling your car like if you go to sell your used car with 300,000 miles on it and it's some fucking hooptie <laughs> that's gotten in a few accidents the perceived value of it is going to be low your token worth is low but if you're driving like a Toyota and we're in the middle of a freaking pandemic you might actually the perceived token value of your asset is even higher than when you bought it cuz people perceive that value, the worth to be super high. So the non-fungible token, that's just super fancy fucking crypto bro language where there's, it's a one-off. There's only one of it. In a cryptocurrency, there are typically thousands, if not tens of thousands. The most famous of our cryptocurrencies are Bitcoin. Bitcoin has capped its token numbers, circulation numbers at 20 million. That creates a supply and demand pull. And bitcoins are still being created through mining, through rewarding the decentralized servers and computers for validating the blockchain. And all that means is on a decentralized blockchain, thousands of different computers are doing the validating. They are Making sure that every single transaction goes from the sender to the receiver and it is accurate. And in doing so, they get a reward, and it is a fractional, like point zero 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 one of a bitcoin. But considering it takes, so I think it's like forty validations for every transaction, and there are thousands of transactions happening every minute. If you are a bitcoin miner, those point zero 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 ones add up and Bitcoin miner just means you have implemented the software necessary on your computer to validate the Bitcoin transactions on the blockchain. And uh, that's a whole nother conversation. Honestly, it doesn't really fucking matter. (laughs) I think that's one of the problems with this whole conversation is that people really, really, really want to understand how it works. But it's like, you eat food and you don't need to know how it molecularly breaks down in your body and which chemicals are being absorbed by which cells for what purpose like eh, you just got, you drive your car without knowing how to take apart the engine and put it back together again like you use your computer you're listening to this on a device you probably have no idea how to fix even if it very simply breaks we use all sorts of things all of the fucking time that we have zero idea the intricacies in its operations. But for some reason, I think when it comes to crypto, we like to pretend because we don't get it. It's, it's beyond us. Ooh, that kind of brings me to a point worth teasing out because so many fucking artists that I talk to fucking hate NFTs and want me to shut up about NFTs. And I get it, like I'm a broken record. That's not why they want me to shut up about it. They're usually pretty fucking stoked about my ideas on how to make money with their art. This is pinching a nerve. This is, this is tugging on something. And I don't know if it's I mean, obviously, I think and talk a lot about music. And so it's like what happened when like analog went digital and everybody who fucking ignored it got fucked. It doesn't really actually matter what the point of origin for this resistance or distaste or outright hate is. Explore it. Don't let yourself off the fucking hook. Because the people that I talk to that are anti this, not going to fucking lie, they're old. They're my age or older. And they are the ones that could benefit the most by putting their fucking pictures, putting their fucking art, putting their ideas on a blockchain. And I'm going to get into why that matters in a second. I should probably get off my fucking soapbox, actually. How long have I been doing this? So I think I've just been kind of like really teasing out like non fungible token with, with Bitcoin as an example, there will be 21 million tokens that are the same, you might hold 0.003 of one of those tokens, which right now would be worth about $5,000. Mm, probably $7,000. But two months ago, it would have been worth $20,000. Again, I digress. That's the, the main difference between a cryptocurrency and an NFT. A Cryptocurrencies, there can be millions of that particular token. It's the exact same hash, which is the series of letters and numbers that represent the token. And that token represents a perceived value. Okay. With an NFT, there's just one. Now, there might be a thousand and a collection of NFTs, but they're all a little bit different. Even if that NFT looks the same, it will still have a different number. So I'll, I'll actually get into that example in a second. But So that's the difference between an NFT and a cryptocurrency. And actually, you know, we, we typically use cryptocurrencies to purchase NFTs. So now with that kind of basic understanding, why the fuck do you need an NFT in your life? I I get it. There are four reasons why NFTs are going to change your goddamn life. The first, I think, is the most important for artists and the biggest game changer. And I shouldn't just say artists, but any creator, any person that slings ideas. Okay? Okay. So I'm going to actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the four out and then I'm going to talk in depth about each of them. So the four reasons NFTs are fucking game changers in order, I think. Of importance, authenticity, access, promise, value. And yes, my friend, value, the perceived value of your NFT is the least interesting part of why NFTs are fucking amazeballs. Authenticity. So, up until now, and and really up until Web3, if you are as a creator, posted words, images, sounds, I don't think we can do smell and taste yet, but probably not far off. But if you put that online, it was fair fucking game. People could literally copy and paste it and pretend it was their own. And then you as a consumer might go to that copycat's website and think this person created that art. I mean, Art Fraud is one of the original OG heists. I'm pretty sure there was like some blockbuster fucking movie called The Heist. That can't exist on the blockchain. And definitely check out the Web3 Basic B bizged for more details on why that is. This is actually probably one of those things that like doesn't really matter that much. Blockchain is immutable and trustless because of the way that the data is linked together. So blockchain just means blocks of data. Think packets of data, like building blocks that are tied together, right? And each time that link ties one block to another because of the way that is encoded, aka encrypted, aka the cryptographic component of blockchain, Once a block is linked to another block, it cannot be undone because there's a randomization that occurs with the data. So when you think about encryption, right, it's that it's a series of letters and numbers that is randomly mixed up and it represents a fixed amount of data. So like the perceived value of the token or the addresses that it was exchanged between or the amount, you know, the numbers of tokens that were exchange for a particular value I mean essentially that representation can be kind of whatever you want that's what like a smart contract can come into play or a token of value so it's linking these two separate assets these two separate tokens together but because it's randomized and it's repeated each link starts with the last link and so if you think about a chain if you were to go and edit, one of the first links in the chain that was repeating the link before it. And then the link before that repeated that link that you just edited, so on and so forth. By the time you get to the 12th link, like you have to change all of that. And because it's randomized, it's kind of impossible. And this is where computers are being utilized. And this is why like miners are being rewarded or different forms of validation are being rewarded because if every single link has to be checked by 40 different processors to ensure that it's accurate and all they're doing is randomly running numbers and letters through this software to ensure that it's accurate, you can understand that like this fucking process, this is why I don't, if you're, I mean, I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you're in the crypto game a little bit. This is why it takes time. This is why when I send you Bitcoin or Ether, it doesn't immediately show up. Other platforms are different because they're using even more decentralized blockchains, but the the OGs are a little slow. I'm I think I'm getting a little bit into the weeds on this one, so I'm gonna I'm gonna steer back to NFTs. So authenticity, that's where. That's where So when you mint something on the blockchain, again, that's just fancy crypto bro for you validate it. There's going to be dogs barking in the background, y'all. You're just going to have to fucking deal with that. (laughs) So you mint something on the blockchain, you validate it on the blockchain, which again means you're getting all of these different decentralized servers, all of these different computers all around the place to make sure that it's accurate. You own that thing. The blockchain knows you own that thing. Anyone who gives a shit can go and check on a ledger There are different scanners for every single blockchain that will show you every single fucking transaction that's occurring right now. It is wild. Go check out etherscan.io. Just like it's not going to mean anything to you unless you've been looking at this shit for a minute. But you can literally see every single fucking Ethereum moving from one address to another in real time. So if you have an Ethereum-based NFT, an NFT token, a token of value that lives on the Ethereum blockchain and that ecosystem, I can tell that you own that, that you created it or you have permission to use it. So moving forward, you won't be able to put a picture on your website, an image of a product, words that were not written by you without permission. So for the first time ever, artists can own their art without having to have some massive fucking legal firm fighting for them, which obviously only like one percent of artists can even fucking justify. I remember actually fucking amazing case in point BZ. sometimes my brain works really well. so this podcast, you know everything the artist the of the album artwork, the original artwork was Bo Stanton, and I had bought an original piece of art from them. And I took a picture of it and I messaged them. I mean, this is years later. And I said, hey, yo, Bo, I'm going to use this piece for my album, my podcast album artwork. I'm sending you this out of respect as a, as a collector. And they responded, that's fucking amazing. Huge compliment. Here's the thing. All of that imagery is licensed. Someone else is already paid to own it. Here are other images of mine that you have full license and full permission to use. Now, had I not been a conscientious consumer, that firstly, that conversation wouldn't have happened. But what would have happened is I would have gotten a letter from a legal team. and in this instance, from a medical pharmaceutical company <laughs> telling me I had to cease and desist and change all of my branding and artwork because I did not have the rights to this image. In Web 3 or 4.18, whatever iteration you get to by the time you're implementing all this, I wouldn't have even had the opportunity to use that image because I did not have the permissions for it and I did not own the original digital version of it. Again, that's verifiable through the decentralized nature of connecting each of these blocks of data. So authenticity, point one. Second point, access. So anytime somebody says to me, oh, I don't know, I of have tears. Oh, that's weird. Have you been to a concert? Have you flown on a plane? Your ticket of entry is an NFT. It is a one-off. It gives you access for a certain amount of time at a certain level of experience, and then you are done, my friend. That is the smart contract. That is the programmable, automated, if this, then that. So you are well familiar with the concept of an NFT. What is mind-blowing is how those parameters are essentially limitless. And so, what I think is fascinating about the second point of access for why an NFT matters is it can encapsulate all of the points. So, I'm going to skip to promise. Okay. This is what makes an NFT fucking magic. So, kind of like the example I was using with the baby band, an NFT sells or can monetize a promise. So, something that does not yet exist, this can include follow up. So, I'm going to give. You an example of a very well known artist and creator who utilized NFTs in a way that we haven't seen before. And I'm also going to add this caveat. One of the reasons I'm going so fucking hard right now is in order for any of this to fucking matter, in order for us to get away from the gatekeepers, for people like Facebook and Google and Amazon and social media and Meta to own your actual business, we need to make this shit ubiquitous. Like, We need to make this shit the norm. And until there is widespread adoption, we're going to keep feeling like we're shooting into the dark. And so that's why PepsiCo created an NFT for the Super Bowl. That's why PepsiCo also created an NFT for the Grammys. Backstreet Boys rewarded any ticket holder to their last tour with an NFT. It was free. That's how we create widespread use, right? So they emailed people an NFT with instructions as to how to mint it onto a blockchain and then hold it in a wallet. Then they rewarded people who held this NFT with a promise. I'm going to hit pause right there real quick just to make sure that you get what's happening here. So obviously Backstreet Boys have a rabid fan base and, and full transparency, I am not a part of that fan base. I don't know if I feel like I was the right age. But it was just like, I was listening to The Doors and Eric Clapton (laughs) and Cream. I was like super mega into like 70s rock when the Backstreet Boys were a thing. So yeah, always been a weirdo. Absolutely here for it. But so the Backstreet Boys knew this is a thing. And we don't know what we're going to do with it yet. But by testing it out, by getting in the game, by practicing in preseason we're gonna get fucking ready for it so they send every single person that bought a ticket because we're still doing that fairly trust really. you enter your email address into something like you know ticket hub or i don't know wherever the fuck you buy tickets these days they have your email address so then backstreet boys can email an nft and give everybody the opportunity to mint it with the promise that something's going to come later And now you have this asset, you have this token of value. And so this is what I think is like, this is why I think the concert ticket is also a really great fucking analogy for anyone who says, I don't know what an NFT is. Now, if you don't give a shit about the Backstreet Boys, you don't give a shit about their fucking concert ticket, right? But if you are a fan and you've been to every single Backstreet Boys concert, I'm looking at you, Danielle, in Denver, Even if you couldn't go to that concert, you're still buying that ticket and putting it in your lame, I mean, amazing ass (laughs) artwork that you, you know, your, your poster frames of all of your Backstreet Boys tickets for Denver Pepsi Center, right? So if you're a fan, it's going to have a different perceived value than if you don't give a shit about that thing. And I'm, I'm going to continue down this segue. Because for everyone who argues, I don't know what a fucking NFT is, you get foreign currencies. I might have a bunch of Australian dollars. They don't mean shit in the United States. But when I go to Australia, they certainly do. And so I have this token of value, a currency. This this analogy actually works for both crypto and NFTs. That outside of a particular ecosystem, it doesn't mean anything. But when I'm in... That container, that ecosystem, that blockchain, it matters. Now, if you're not a fan of Ether, I'm raising my hand right now because the gas fees make me crazy. That is the Ether you have to spend in order to transact on the blockchain because of the validation process. I'm just going to leave it there. So I don't typically fucks with Ether and Ethereum. It is the most popular blockchain for NFTs, 100%. So an NFT on the Ethereum blockchain is not going to be as valuable to me as say an NFT on the Avalanche blockchain because I'm a huge Avalanche fan. So that's the same thing. What I just said was my Australian dollars are not going to make much of a difference in the United States. My Avalanche tokens cannot be spent on the Ethereum blockchain. So while I'm in the United States, I'm going to swap my Australian dollars for US dollars. I'm going to swap my avalanche tokens for Ethereum tokens. Or maybe I just hold on to my Australian dollars until I'm back in Australia. Okay, so that's my little uh, foreign exchange 4X analogy for NFTs and crypto. But what the point being that perceived value, anytime someone says to you, this doesn't matter, there's no such thing, there's no real value, Ray Dalio billionaire, investor, economist, thought leader, and look this shit up, you can verify it on the blockchain, says there's no intrinsic value in money. It is all about perception. And for the most part, utility. What can this thing do for me? What access does it give me? What problem does it solve? And so Backstreet Boys... Getting back to that one, remember that? <laughs> I'm going full circle. I'm really proud of myself. So the Backstreet Boys did then was for anyone who actually held their NFTs because a lot of people sold them a lot of, or just didn't ever mint them, like just didn't give a shit about them because it wasn't a value to them. But those who were of value, what they did was reward two holders with the promise of getting to ride on their PJ, which in Rockstar land means private jet, to their next concert show, where they would get VIP, AAA, in Rockstar World, that means all access, access to Backstreet Boys. Now their defense of what I think is a really fucking risky move is anybody that would hold on to one of our NFTs is one of our most loyal fans. They fucking get it. And even though they didn't know why they were holding, they did. And so we're going to reward them with a promise, the potential of getting exclusive, limited, one-off access to us. And who knows what else might come down that pipeline of promise. Maybe it's first opportunities to buy tickets. Maybe it is, you always get access to VIP section for general admission prices. It can literally be whatever the fuck you want. And that's what's so cool about NFTs. And now lastly, that brings us to value. So obviously whatever you perceive the value is as a holder, you are now an investor. And what is also happening with NFTs is you are a shareholder. So if you are the holder, like if you own my NFT of VZ coaching, I might give you the opportunity to vote on what I teach next or what my next podcast episode is going to be about. And if you don't give a shit about what I have to say, that is valueless to you. But if you don't want to pay you know, $10,000 for coaching, but your $1,000 NFT gets you access to me talking exactly about whatever it is you need to know. It's a fucking great fit, right? So, just to go back, what an NFT essentially sells is authenticity, AKA ownership, proof of ownership, access, promise, and value. So, if you're feeling left out, If you're feeling like you're too late, if you're feeling this can't work for you, that's not real. Only 1% of the entire world's population owns an NFT right now, and less than 15% of the world population is in crypto. You were so, so early to the party, which is why I keep going on and on and on about this. This is when the little guys, the underdogs, the independents, the rebels, the trailblazers, the rule breakers, the visionaries, the creatives, the fucking dreamers, the weirdos, the anarchists. This is when we have the exact same opportunities as the massive, big box, megalomaniac, monolithic corporations. If you are saying, fuck this, fuck that, fuck you, I'm going to guess you've you've had a traumatic experience in the past, and this is your opportunity to really dig into that. How long do you want to let the past hold you back? How long do you want to let resentment and regret keep you from creating the success that you fucking deserve? This is about learning to find the opportunity, the rainbow in the dark. You don't have to understand it. You don't even have to like it but I would encourage you to try it. Have you ever been to dinner with like your friend's kids? I say friend's kids because I don't have my own kids, but potentially your own fucking children that like refuse to try the thing. And then they like stick out their tongue, like, let me try it. And they're like, oh, that was disgusting. And they like for fake dry wretch, like that might be if you hate NFTs, because there are plenty of motherfucking examples of this shit working. Like I can't tell you the amount of musicians. These are world-renowned household names that have said they've made more money in the last year from NFTs in their music business than they have in the last 10 years of their music business. And they've had more fun and felt more inspired and connected to their fans than since they were like a garage band practicing in high school. And, and actually, I didn't plan this, but that's the whole point is what an NFT does is give you this opportunity to put out the thing you fucking love. You don't even have to know what its value is. Your customers, clients, buyers, your people, your audience, your fans, your community, they will tell you. I spend so much time trying to figure out what should something cost? An NFT puts that decision-making, that responsibility in the hands of the consumer, your people. This is where, and, and this is kind of my angle Like, how do we create new business? How do we create business that is able to monetize compassion and support and connection? I heard, I was just reading an article today about like connection is currency and NFTs, blockchain, web three, or whatever the next fucking software solution is going to be. This is how we fucking do it. And we don't know how yet. That's another one that's going to really hold you back. Well, I don't know how. Okay, you shouldn't. You haven't done it before. That's, you don't know how. Don't let that hold you back. Just try something. There are a million apps right now that you could literally upload a fucking selfie and mint it on a blockchain and you have an NFT. Now, whatever objection came up for you, explore that. That is an old wounding. It is time to fucking heal it. And I, I can promise you that same feeling or frequency or messaging it's holding you back in a lot of different places so this is an opportunity to both acknowledge what is here that's what i'm saying whatever it's coming up whatever is you're telling yourself whatever excuse or explanation or very responsible reasonable reason why honor that think about what you love and get fucking curious bring wonder into this like what if what if dreams come true there might be some grief going on yeah I don't know what this is going to do for art galleries. I do know what this is going to do for real estate agents. If you're a real estate agent, I'm sorry. You might need to figure this one out too. (laughs) Because if we can make deeds of homes, NFTs, why do we need you? I don't know. So, but actually I rephrase that. I do know service. How can you differentiate yourself as the person that can serve your person in a way that no one else fucking can? your NFT is probably going to be pretty fucking outstanding. And so when we are white knuckling the end, I actually wrote it. It's one of my older blogs about this, but it's like bad endings. Like who the fuck came up with that? There are endings and deaths and cancels <laughs> happening all day, fucking every day. And I talk about this in the cycle of change when we can Approach everything like there is a beginning, there is an end, and we're at a particular phase in this cycle, and it is natural, it will change everything. So, when we anticipate an end, understanding it is part of a process, it is part of a cycle. And that doesn't mean it has to be the death, the finalization. It's just simply the end of whatever this was in the beginning of something else. And we can always be in cycle and aware of where we're at. Perhaps this doesn't have to feel like the death of art as you know it or the death of human experience as we know. I mean, that's pretty fucking dramatic. But my artist friends are pretty fucking dramatic. So I get it. I get that a record and recording on tape sounded a certain way. I also don't know many audio files that would be able to pick the difference between something recorded on tape and something using a tape saturation plugin of high quality, you know? So get curious, why are you? desperately holding on to the end okay so apparently there's going to be loud noises going on so i'm gonna wrap this shit up this is your opportunity to calibrate to your present and future opportunity like literally bringing those two into alignment this is where we can reclaim our resistance our regret our fear and reframe it as an opportunity okay if this feels bad now why What is this? What is this bad feeling attached to? Am I ready to move on? Am I ready to release this? And in doing so, what am I creating the space for? So figure out what really lights you up, figure out what excites you, what you love and test it. Just like everything else, whatever you come up with first is probably not going to be the best version of it. That's why I keep saying to everyone, this is preseason. You're ready for the fucking game. And it might not even be web three. It might not even be an NFT, but it's going to be those types of concepts that a lot of businesses are already using to create exponential success and impact and influence for themselves. Businesses that weren't even around two years ago, artists that no one knew their fucking name two years ago that are independently wealthy right now, that have access to full freedom and creative expression. Okay, it's about to get loud. You know where to find me, at the BZ channel email any questions you have. Hello at NicoleBZ.com. Thank you so much for listening. I love you. Oh, and don't forget to download the Web3 Basic B Guide.